Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You are listening to the Game Changers podcast. And welcome back to another episode of Game Changers. I have, you guessed it, another very exciting interview for you today. I'm pretty sure I start every interview off with saying I have an exciting interview for you. But I really do hope that you find these interesting because and exciting because honestly, I love, love sitting down with people and just getting so many different perspectives from so many different people about what it actually means to grow an audience and to build a business online. I have so much fun recording these episodes and I just have, I, I just hope you have just as much fun listening to them. But today's episode is with another one of the Simply Business students, Dalia. I was so excited to sit down and talk to Dalia because she is honestly one of the most authentic, self-aware people that I have ever met. Her content online is so raw, so real, and so in your face, but in the best kind of way. And I was so excited to just sit down and talk to her, not only about storytelling, which is her specialty, but really about what it actually means to be authentic online. Her and I have had some conversations, simultaneously eye-rolling to the term authentic, although we both believe it is one of the most important elements to actually build your audience and to build your business online in both a fun and sustainable way. And we sat down and spoke all about content and social media. And she also shared an experience, which I thought was really, really brave of her that she was actually going through. She shared it on her podcast also, where she was comparing herself quite deeply to someone and the lessons she was able to take away from that. It was just such a beautiful chat. I'm so, so glad I got to sit down with her. And I just think you're going to absolutely love this episode. She also has some really, really cool stuff going on. So do not forget to check her out on social media. I will, of course, leave all of the links below. If you're someone who's struggling really to just get a little bit of extra out of your content, like extra you out of your content, storytelling is probably going to be the thing that you're missing. You know, if your content is kind of falling flat, it just doesn't have a lot of flavor. It just hasn't got a lot of authenticness. Storytelling is probably the thing that you are missing. So definitely check Dalia out on social media, as I mentioned, and I really hope that you enjoy this episode. everybody welcome back to another episode i was about to start going hello ladies and gentlemen but i was like let's just be real there's no gentlemen in this audience (laughs) i mean there might be and if you are welcome welcome to all people who are listening to this podcast episode i am so 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 excited to have you here i am sitting down with another one of the amazing sba students and i'm so 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 excited to introduce you to her so delia welcome to game changers (laughs) Hi. Thank you for having me. I know. I'm in such a like, I feel like I'm in a very like game show host vibe right now. Welcome to Game Changers. Well, it's crazy because I used to listen to this podcast all the time and now I'm actually on it. And so it is really actually like a a prize. I love that so, so much. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I'm honestly so, so, so excited to tuck in with you. I absolutely love Delia so much because I feel like we are just connected in so many ways. Obviously, you know, being a student of SBA, but I seriously just feel like we have this whole other connection. Like 
we simultaneously eye roll to so much of the internet <laughs> and I'm just, and I'm just obsessed to go like into like content creation and authenticity and all that fun stuff with you today. But before we jump into probably what is going to be an epic conversation, cause I feel like we're both just in that vibe right now. If it's mm-hmm. okay, do you mind going through and kind of like doing the classic, like what's your story kind of what led you to do the work that you're doing today, particularly? Oh yeah. You know, I love a good story. So she's all about (laughs) stories. (laughs) Yeah. So, well, first of all, the work that I do today, I am a marketing strategist and I help entrepreneurs live their best life with storytelling and strategic marketing, but in a way that isn't painful and hurts and sucks. So to give you some background on how I even got here. Well, I I was in grad school a few years ago. I went to grad school for something totally unrelated to marketing. It was political science. Um, And it's really funny that I went to school for political science because I always in the back of my head wanted to go to school for marketing. But for some reason, maybe it's because it was a bunch of boys. I don't know. I just felt like it wasn't for me. Even though political science was also very male dominated field, it just, it felt I don't know, more of a public service route, which is something that happens to women a lot, right? We have to justify our choices in that way. So I went to political science. I thought I was making a difference. I wasn't. And and I, I liked my classes, but I didn't really like the field itself. For me, it was just really oppressive. And so three years in, I decided to get my master's degree in peace out instead of my doctorate. And after that, I was like, man, I don't know what to do anymore. I took time off. I started a blog, I kind of pitter pattered and started a bunch of different projects and never could finish anything. I started working um, at a bookstore and then I started waitressing. And honestly, this period of my life was actually so fun because I didn't have the pressure of, I need to turn this blog or this project into something. Just explore it. I, was just, I love that so much. Yeah, I was just being creative. I, I, I was in the zone and I started a hemp business because CBD was on the rise. But it was so hard because, you know, advertising is really limited and financing is limited. And I realized that I actually don't love it. I was just like, this is a need. And I want my business to be so much more than just like, oh, I see a a gap in the market. market. I will just say, though, I am extremely jealous because in Australia, CBD and hemp is still, well, not hemp for skincare and things like that, but CBD is still very much illegal. So on that side of things, I'm so jealous I will say <laughs> yes it is so good for you I mean I could talk about it because I did the research and I use it every single day it's so great for anxiety and I have a lot of it so <laughs> yeah. I mean we'll get there because I feel like we follow America with everything and you are able to import it for medical purposes but it's super expensive and you have to go like you know through this whole like mental health regime and plan with the traditional doctor yeah which most people don't want to do because it's like I don't want to be on a traditional doctor's like mental health plan I want to you know, yeah, you know, myself. I think about it, like maybe off the record. Yeah. So, <laughs> so um, I was just messing around and I got a few jobs and then I actually conned my way into being the director of content for a marketing agency with no degree in marketing and no real experience. I used to DJ. And so I would work with that entertainment company and then like take over their social media. And that was literally the most marketing experience I had, I thought. But when I think about it in hindsight, I actually was more qualified than I give myself credit for. I grew up helping my mom with her business and we would do, this was pre-internet. I'm not that old, but I'm old enough to remember when it was pre-internet. And the way we got clients was posting up flyers and posting up like cardboard signs on stop signs. And it was a, it was a piano business. It was piano classes and that worked. That was just on the ground marketing. So I always knew since I was a kid that I was supposed to be doing this. Um, but I got a director of content position and I actually hated the agency life. It sucked, <laughs> but I really liked what I was doing. I pivoted and started working for an online business coach. And that was my first introduction to this whole entire industry. And then after that, I left and I was like, oh, I can do this. I definitely want to do this for myself. So here I am about I six it. or seven months later actually doing it for myself. I love it. Can we go back to the, sorry, to quote exactly what you said. I conned my way into this market. Can we talk about that a little bit more? Cause I feel like 
that is such like a, obviously, you know, saying it with um, a bit of cheek there, but I feel like so many women in particular, whether I'm stereotyping or not, but I just feel that women I've spoken to, they don't take those opportunities because they're more likely to feel underqualified and therefore that means I can't versus I feel like a lot of men, again, maybe stereotyping, but I feel like a lot of men would usually go into positions that they are underqualified for and just be like, eh, I'll figure it out, you know? And I feel like more women should do that, you know? A, we're probably underqualifying ourselves. B, we're probably underbelieving in ourselves. But like, if you can talk to me a little bit more about that experience, like yeah. So here's what happened. <laughs> yeah, do it. Go in. I love so, it. <laughs> I actually remember reading about a statistic where women do not apply for stuff that they're not like 100% qualified for, but men tend to do that. I actually read that around the time when I was you know, applying to different jobs. And that's when I saw that director of content position, I said, I'm going to apply anyway, because I knew in the back of my head that I do that. And that that is a problem. I remember specifically, it's really interesting that you bring that up. That's why we're so high vibe right now. <laughs> um, but here, here's, I didn't necessarily con my way in, but here's what happened. Yeah. I, I know on one hand that I am a charismatic person. And when you, when, if I can get my foot in the door for an interview, I pretty much got you. But I also know that when I've been on the other side of things, hiring people, even before then, um, within the different positions that I've worked, and I know what people are looking for. They want results. They want to show that you have, you can move the needle. And so that's why I worked for free. I worked for free for that entertainment company that I DJed with because I wanted experience. I wanted to build my, my portfolio. And I started doing a few things here and there for friends too. And I took that to the table. And so... I know, I mean, I feel like this conversation can go many ways, but on one hand, it's, you know, women do tend to think, well, I'm not 100% qualified. I'm not going to try. And I think in my head, I'm like, the worst thing they can do is ignore you and say no. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you're never, ever going to get hired for a job that you're not, re- that you can't do. I, yeah. I don't think, you know, um, and honestly, here's, here's something that I will say I conned my way in. Um, I know that I can pick up software and things very quickly. So if you ask me if I know, you know, Excel, nobody knows Excel, but I'm going to say yes. And then go watch a bunch of YouTube videos. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of like a fake it till you make it, but also, you know, position yourself in a way that makes them say, hell yes. You know? But I yeah. also feel like that's such a great lesson, whether or not it's for employment seeking or for entrepreneurship, because so many people in general, yeah, they feel underqualified, but then they just determine that, oh, I don't know how to do that thing. It's like, you have the freaking internet at your, disp- it's like at your fingertips. If there is literally anything that you don't know how to do, you can type it into Google and voila, like the world's worth of results. Everything I know about marketing was straight up Google. I was Googling and reading over years. I mean, I spent a lot of time doing this, but it was free. I did not have to pay for a degree. I just went and did it. (laughs) Well, I mean, the funny thing is I did pay for a degree and still everything that I learned about business and marketing came from the internet, from courses and things like that. So, I mean... We could talk about that. But what I really, really want to jump into, first of all, if that's okay, is we obviously have so much to talk about. I had to make a list because I feel like we could definitely (laughs) (laughs) go off in many directions. But storytelling. Obviously, in the beginning, we said you're a big fan of stories. What is storytelling relative to marketing? And why is it important? At the end of the day, marketing is about connection. I really... I don't care so much about like the new strategies, the ads, this, that, and the third. If you're not making connection, then you're not going to take people through the journey they need to go on to become, you know, part of your community and become a paying client. Um, And historically the best way to make a connection with someone is by relating to them. And that's through storytelling and storytelling requires a bit of vulnerability. So that's why I, when I talk to people about storytelling in the terms, in the context of marketing, I say, you, you have to show up. You can't just like be boring and neutral online. You have to have an opinion. You have to be you, you have to be, you know, yourself in all the spaces. And so when it comes to storytelling, it's also just about making people feel like you have walked in their shoes. You know, you know exactly, you know, their pain points, you've been there and you are, 
someone who can help get them to the other side. And I can sit here and tell you like, yes, I'm Dalia. I have all of these qualifications or not, whatever. <laughs> I have all of this experience. I can do X, Y, and Z, but that doesn't really matter unless I tell you my exact story of how I struggled with yeah. marketing my first business or how I've worked with this person, you know, it's just yeah. a different feel. And what is storytelling like beyond the origin story? So I feel like when a lot of people hear, oh, storytelling or story in business, they're like, right, I need to come up with this perfectly synchronized story from how I was where I was and how I am where I am today so that when I get like podcast interviewed or on my about me page, I can have all my facts in check. Like, I think that's important as well, but I feel like you talk about storytelling like it's a regular thing, like everything should be storytelling, right? Yeah, yeah. So first of all, my why story that I just told, like my origin story, just riffed that I actually don't have like that prepared. So, but, but, you know, beyond that storytelling is not about you. It's about your audience. And when I think about who am I writing for, I think about what do they need to hear from me? They don't need to hear my stories of success necessarily all the time. You know, they want to hear that I failed and <laughs> they want to hear how I got past that. And so I talk about my failures and my every day and I do in a way that's like not always a lesson. You know, there's not always a lesson. Sometimes I just have feelings and people relate, but a story is a good one that a good story is one that centers your audience. So like I could talk about, Oh, I had this, I, I'm having issues with comparison right now, but I do it in a way that I make it about them. So I'm like, I'm sure you've also had issues of comparison, that you've thought this, that you felt this way. I've been there. I'm here right now. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. You were talking about comparison on your Instagram today, and I know you just released a podcast, which I will link below, but what do you, what's going on? Talk to me about the, I feel like that's going to resonate with people anyway. Let's talk about that. <laughs> yeah. So I am in a comparison trap, like for real right now. It's ridiculous how triggered I am in the last few days. And I don't even understand why now, but I, I named my podcast episode, The Bright Side of Jealousy. I'm not a, maybe I am a jealous person. <laughs> I'm a competitive person. I'll say yeah. that. I'm competitive. And sometimes it gets to be, it, it turns into jealousy. And so lately I, it's little things that make me tick. Like I, Girl, I was looking at photos of myself from two years ago. I was jealous of myself two years ago. I was like, look at that body. Look at how, you know, she was a free spirit and just so in her creative zone. You know, she didn't have a job, but she didn't care. <laughs> she wasn't worried about revenue or anything like that, you know? And I was just jealous of the spirit that I used to have. And I realized that I still have that spirit. It's just manifested in a different way. Yeah. Um, but I was thinking about that. And then I was, of course, scrolling on Instagram. And I saw someone that I have watched since the beginning of their entrepreneurship journey hit a huge milestone um, with their revenue. And I was sitting there thinking, wow, I was actually part of their beta program. And I... I, I was there in the beginning and I was actually starting my own stuff around the same time, but I didn't stick to it. And so I was like, damn, had I stuck to it and put my whole ass into it the way they did, then maybe I would be where they are right now. So that just really sucked. And then it was just a spiral. I just, I kept scrolling and seeing posts and feeling really grumpy and like, that should be me. That, that was like on a loop for me. It was like, that should be me. That should be me. That should be me. But the bright side was, I can now see like, okay, well, what am I jealous of? Do I want that thing? Then go put it on your vision board, bitch. Like stop, stop crying about yeah. stuff that you don't have and go work for it. That was literally just the, like the solution to my, my comparison trap, but I'm still, you know, feeling sucky, but it's like, I know the only way through is just to work hard. And that I also know that like, it seems perfect, right? Like everything that people present online is just so curated and perfect. And I know on the other side that with that big milestone revenue or revenue milestone comes a lot of pressure and a lot of people that you got to pay and taxes and a lot more clients to serve. And yeah. I'm like, mm, you know, I wouldn't even be ready for that if it came for me, came to me now, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I just, I know that there's a, there's a less pretty side to the stuff that I'm seeing. I talk about it all the time. You know, we can talk about authenticity and it's not inauthentic to celebrate yourself and to, to be like, Hey, I, I did this in my business or, Hey, I'm having a great day, but it would be nice 
<laughs> yeah. we could have a reprieve from the perfection. You know, absolutely. I want to talk about both of those things in particular, before we jump, I want to jump into authenticity, but like one thing that just came up for me because I'm actually reading the book, women don't Are you pretty by Florence given. It's really good. I definitely recommend the read to everyone. And it's talking about like these mirrors, you know, other people's successes, other people's whatever they're flaunting, whatever they're putting out there, you know, when it does create those emotions within us of like, whether it be jealousy or whatever it may be, like that is just an opportunity for us to look at what is this reflecting to me? Like, what is it that I need to really look at? And I love that you said, like, I love that you said, like, it's okay to feel those feelings. Like, I think there's so much bullshit out there that's like, just don't compare yourself. Like, just don't be jealous. And it's like, I feel like that's just being like, don't feel hungry. Don't feel like you need to pee. Like these things, although sometimes minorly inconvenient, they are just a part of the human experience. It's just that both of those things are an emotion that are leading you or asking you to take action, go feed yourself, go to the bathroom, you know, whatever. And so I feel like when we do have these, yes, maybe inconvenient emotions, like, I love that you said it's like, okay to still feel them, but like, where can I take the lessons that I'm learning from this experience and actually use it to motivate myself? Cause I feel like you spoke about that somewhere else as well about like motivation. You, I mean, I'm just like, I'm, I'm obsessed with your Instagram. I like <laughs> ferociously read every person like, yeah. <laughs> but um, the, I think you said something as well once about like, you know, it's not just like jumping on Pinterest and getting motivated but the quotes or like things like that, it's like sometimes having those conversations with people who are, you know, going through, I think you said the struggle bus just as much as you are. And then getting yourself to a point where it's like, no, now I've got to take action. Oh yeah. Now I know. Yeah. I definitely talked about this. Um, yeah. So one, I am team feel your feelings. My therapist said, I got to stop repressing stuff. So I started feeling my feelings and now you have to deal with it and work through it instead of around it. And comparison and all that jealousy like when it bubbles up we often also feel really guilty for feeling like like we shouldn't feel jealous we should celebrate that other person we want these other women to win you can still feel that and feel like well why not me too you know absolutely Um, but when it comes to motivation yeah I for some reason a vision board doesn't really work that well with me like I I like a vision board I think it's cute I think it's pretty and I think it's fun to make but at the end of the day, when I'm really going through it, I like to bitch to anybody who will listen about how horrible everything is and how hard everything is. And I know myself, I know that once I complain about it, yeah. I will just get it done yeah. and, and get through it. But for motivation, it, it's so important to have people that you can be vulnerable with and connect with. And that is what's really special. So I know that the million businesses and projects that I tried to do by myself before I didn't have a single person that I, that I could talk to about what I'm going through or what I'm doubting. I didn't even know how to like verbalize these things. Now I have those tools and I also now have a community that I can talk to, you know, that I have some trusted people that I'm like, you're going through this or you've been through this, or even if they're not an entrepreneur, I'm comfortable enough to be vulnerable. And that also, I think, translates into content. You know, I I try really hard to to share that, like, listen, I'm struggling right now. And when I share that, people are like, oh, wow, me too. I didn't. Thank you. You know? Um, So, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, I love that. And around the conversation of authenticity in particular, then, like, I do love so much how you are so open to sharing the honest side of entrepreneurship, which I do feel, I must say, I'm pretty optimistic that there are more people that are coming out and being a little more authentic. And I don't know why, I don't know why I have such a trouble with the world, with the word authentic. You know why? Because before when I started, right, when I started, and I've talked about my problems with when I started, it was the real like overly pink, not that there's necessarily anything with the wrong with the color pink, but even it was just all about the girl boss. Right. And I fell into it as well. Like I was all about the girl boss, you know, coffee in one hand, confidence in another, kill it in your Louboutins, like all of that kind of stuff. Right. Louboutins hurt by the way. <laughs> I've never, ever tried on a pair in my life. I, oh, that's what I'm, I like, I'm barefoot all the way as, as often as I possibly can. <laughs> um, but you know, I, 
nothing that not that there's anything wrong with that but what i found and why i think i have such a problem with the word authenticity is because all of the leaders that i was following at the time it's almost like they had a pr manager come whisper in their ear and tell them authenticity's in and then we were left with this kind of like faux authenticity of people like almost like intentionally coming and sharing the struggles but not oh, actually yes I don't know. Is that just me? Am I just crazy? Or is that like, no, it's not just you. I literally was just thinking about this before we hopped on because I saw something that I was like, girl, bye. This is not like, this is very curated authenticity. Curated authenticity. That's what I had a problem with. Do that. You know, it's really, if you've been around for a while, it's easy to pinpoint, but for people who are kind of new to the space, it is very confusing and unfortunate, but they can't tell the difference between someone who is like legit showing up as themselves and then someone who is showing up as a contrived, authentic, down-to-earth version of themselves. Yeah. And I, I can tell you that I saw a post tonight. I need to get off of social media. As much as I love social, y'all, take a break when you can. By the way, um, I just started to try, like, delete a whole bunch of people from for this exact reason. Again, being empowered by this book I'm reading. And Instagram blocked me. It's like, I'm trying to live my best life, Instagram. Stop blocking me. <laughs> I can't. Um, that... Um, <laughs> I <tried>. Sorry, <laughs> I saw a post where someone was celebrating themselves for being authentic and I was like, wait a minute, uh, I don't think that's how any of this works. And I know that they did it so they could sell someone how to be authentic. Like it's part of their, their course, their branding, whatever. And I'm like, yes, you should lead by example. But if you're authentic, whatever that means, it doesn't have to be contrived. You don't have to think about it. You just show up and open your mouth and see what happens. Yeah. I want to talk about that. Like what really, what does authenticity really look like? Well, for me, authenticity is really just doing what feels good. And it also is, if I feel like I'm repressing something, I'm not saying the whole truth about something or I'm dancing around a subject, then I'm not being authentic. And actually, I, 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 know, I know what this feeling is. I know that feeling very, very quickly because I, I, I've been in jobs where I'm like, you have to walk on eggshells. You have to be really mindful about what you're saying to people. People take it out of context. And you know that feeling. I don't know if it's a chakra thing. That's not really my thing. But it's like you have a, a blockage like in your throat or in your, in your chest. And it means you're just not fully expressing yourself. And I used to walk around with this weight on my throat and my chest. Like I can't even in my personal life fully show up. And now that I'm on the outside, I'm like, whatever I say comes right back to me. It's up to me. I own it. Um, I feel freer, you know? So it's really just a feeling (laughs) like in your collarbone and your your physical being that you know you're being authentic when you feel good about putting this out. You didn't have really much of... um, like an objective. Like I want people to think this, that, or third. For me, I don't care what you think. You get what I serve you and it's up to you to decide what it's supposed to mean. You know what I mean? For sure. And then how does that fit into like the strategy? So if someone like this is where like bring the beautiful authentic hat in with the marketing hat, like if someone's in a launch or trying to like sell their coaching spaces obviously, you know, we're saying to show up and and speak from a place of truth, but how do I fit this into like a marketing plan? Yeah. So here's the thing at the very like basic level, if you're going to show up and be authentic and talk about your experience in your life, one, make sure those things are somehow related to business. You know, I will, on my last podcast episode, I talked about how single I was (laughs) and I was like, I promise this is related here. Here's an example of how I'm going to relate it back to business. Um, and then on the other hand, it's like, you got to really make sure you balance that content with educational content, content that really moves the needle and is high value. So it's not just about your feelings and your experience, because then that's a diary. That's not yeah. marketing, you know, um, I like to balance both. And I like to make sure also that I'm not speaking most of the time that I'm not speaking in the moment about my feelings. Okay. You know, it's like, take a breath, take a moment, examine it, and then express yourself. Um, because that's where a lot of people get in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Cause they're coming from an emotional right? space. Yeah. Yeah. And then they show up and they run their mouth and they're like, whoops, uh, I regret that. Yeah. 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 Share the transformation once you've been through it almost. Yeah. Just like not heat of the moment. And I'm an Aries. I'm a very heat of the moment 
kind of kind of woman. So it took a lot of practice. I used to pop off on Instagram all the time and people love that energy. Yeah. But it didn't help me. <laughs> yeah. It didn't help me. Um, but like I said, just balance it with that educational content, that rich content, you know? Yeah. Uh, so people come for, for the strategy, but also stick around because they like you. For sure. I know this is like such an elementary question, but I feel like the I can just hear the audience asking it in my ear. Is there like a percentage? You know what I mean? Like, is there, should it be like 60% educational and 30% emotional? Like, is there uh, a formula? <laughs> Uh, I don't have a formula, but I can tell you that it does change, right? So yeah. if I'm launching something and I'm more about the business, then I'm going to be serving way more educational content than my feelings. Yeah. Um, you don't always have to show, you know, share your feelings in order to be authentic. You can also just show your behind the scenes and make sure that people know that, you know, this is what it truly looks like to do the work that you're doing. Um, but I would definitely, it depends on the cycle of business that you're in. You know, if you're not launching something, you're just building your audience, then you want to show up a little bit more personably. Um, personably? Sure. It's a word. Sure. <laughs> Go for it. I, I, it. <laughs> I, I like it. Yeah. And just talk about your day and your life and like your dog. I talk about my dog all the time, you know? <laughs> and I relate, I relate it back to business. I'm like, yes, I'm working hard so she can live a better life. <laughs> So a question I have on that, sorry, I'm just like grilling you here. Cause I feel like oh, I'm like, I, I'm like pretending I know nothing. And then like asking all the questions that I would ask, but okay. So if someone was like just starting out, you know what I mean? Like they were just building their platform. They were like almost starting from ground zero on Instagram. Like should they be talking about themselves and their life as much? Or is that something when you've already got a bit of an audience? Well, let's see. I have, I, I just started my Instagram earlier this year, my business Instagram. And so I had to start from scratch. Also, I told no one in my personal network about it at all. I wanted to prove that I could start an Instagram from scratch and make it a, make it a, a thing, you know? And what I shared was an intro post about myself, who I am, why you want to follow me. And then I, I posted almost daily for like 12 days straight educational content, tips on how you can grow your Instagram, tips on marketing, tips on this. I would sprinkle in some thoughts because I'm a very expressive person and be like, hey, well, I was just thinking about this today. But I was really about content that is shareable and savable, you know, and that really got a lot of traction. And then I did start talking more about myself and who I am. And now I'm actually still finding my footing and went right back into, okay, here's education. I'm going really hard on education right now. Yeah. Cause I have stuff coming up. <laughs> For sure. I love that. Yeah. And I love that you said like focus on the business cycles as well. So it's like, okay, so as I'm just, so what I'm hearing you're saying is like, okay, it's okay to introduce yourself in the beginning, but really get people in on the education. Cause it's what they're searching for. Right. But then once they're there and you kind of had developed that relationship a bit, move more into the sharing a bit more of you and then cycle it as you go through what's going on in your business. Yeah. And honestly, I, I don't want people to overthink it. It's also just what feels good to you right now. Yeah. But if I had to give you one week, this is what you should be posting on Instagram. Let's say you do only three posts a week, which is totally fine. I would say drop an educational post, drop an inspirational post, because, you know, we've talked about this briefly before, but people want to, you know, be inspired and feel good when they come to you. You know, you might be going through a hard time. But, you know, maybe not be a Debbie Downer about it. You yeah. got to give them some sort of like hope or something, yeah. you know. Um, so inspiration doesn't have to be girl boss content. It can be very honest and real. It just has to end in a way that's like satisfying. Doesn't even have to be hopeful. And this yeah. is this is legit just a writing thing. It's like not every into a story has to be picture perfect. It just has to be satisfying. Yeah. Um, and then the third piece of content would be something that's just like relatable or fun or something that can go viral and is very shareable. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Considering we're on the conversation of Instagram, you mentioned something when we were talking about like, what should this podcast be about, about like the obsession with Instagram. And then obviously there's like social media versus content. Like, can we just jump into that whole story now? Yes. Basically what the hell should people be doing on the internet? <laughs> People, oh my God. So when people start in business, they think they need to be everywhere. And I, I have very experienced entrepreneurs come to me because they're like, I just need clarity. I don't know why the, I don't know why the needle's not moving for me. And I'm like, well, where are you creating content? And they're like, TikTok. 
Instagram, my Facebook page, my Facebook group, LinkedIn, Twitter for some reason, and just like <laughs> Reddit, Snapchat, emails, YouTube, podcast, carry a pigeon. <laughs> right, all the things. And I'm like, well, first of all, slowly roll. You should, in my opinion, master one platform before you move on to the next. And then once they're like, okay, I'll choose one, I choose Instagram. I'm like, no, <laughs> please don't, don't do that. Instagram is so fun and beautiful and it's great to have a bunch of followers on Instagram, but it doesn't necessarily, in my opinion, it's, it's not the best starting place for a business for so many reasons. Um, so not just Instagram, any social media platform. So that'd be Twitter. I keep saying Twitter, like people use it for... <laughs> I'm like, what's Twitter? <laughs> I, I get my news and like my pop culture from Twitter. I've um, never had a Twitter. I have, I have a Twitter. I've like logged in twice. <laughs> you're not missing out. It's almost, it's kind of a trash place. Um, and then there's like Facebook, you know, and I know Facebook is really good for business, especially mine. Like Facebook is where I make a lot of great connections, but um, that is not where you want to go and create content. One, because you don't own that content. You know, I can make, I can create these great captions, educational, you know, beautiful, long-winded, and then Instagram can disappear. And I don't have that. I don't have that content, you know? Um, and I can also, you know, I can do that on social media and my followers can grow and grow and grow. But then, you know, social media, they can change the rules at any time. Facebook, Facebook's kind of sketchy, y'all. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't trust Facebook at all, yeah. you know? And you don't get access to your followers' data. So that's another reason why I'm like, do not build your whole business on Instagram, you know, because you don't get to email those people. You don't get to contact them off the platform. It's, it's very limiting. And you know, the algorithm, algorithm sucks. You can't even reach all of your followers. So that's another reason. But also just finally, like people don't go to Instagram to read. <laughs> they go to look at pictures and, and like, repost things and have fun, you know, and, and look at pretty pictures of food and dogs and, and people. And, 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 and I think memes. that's a really great aspiration. Please don't leave out memes. <laughs> yes. Memes and just pop culture. It's a fun place to be. And you, it can be educational, but the problem is, it's just, it, you cannot go in depth like you can with yeah. a podcast episode or a YouTube channel or blog post. Um, and, and that's where I say, you know what, that's where the actual content that counts is built. It's, it's on those platforms. Um, if you had to choose, if I had to choose one platform to build my business on, it would probably be, well, it would be YouTube if I had the stomach for YouTube, but <laughs> I, I don't, I suck on camera. Okay. It is very painful. <laughs> I recognize that everybody, I, I recognize that YouTubers like will sit for a while and like crank out these videos, but there's a ton of bloopers and you have to restart. And like, I I hate it. But for me, it'd be a, it, the second choice would be podcast um, because I can go in more depth about topics. I can also just be myself. People get to know you. It's a more intimate platform. Same thing with an email list, you know, and that's where people actually go and buy from you. You know, I've worked with so many entrepreneurs where they make all of their money through the emails that I send for them versus all of the posts that I'm like, click the link in the bio a lot of the time, unless you have a super engaged audience on other platforms, content rich platforms, a lot of the time they're not really interested or primed to click that link in the bio and, and join your community or buy something from you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I love it. And what do you mean when you say, sorry, another thing that I've pulled from your Instagram, but what do you mean when you say like content that counts? So obviously, you know, not just posting on Instagram. I love that. And I'm so all for like, do you know what the funny thing is? I actually wasn't into email marketing until this year. I noticed. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure everyone who's listening has. I mean, I hadn't sent an email since like 1983, even before I was born. No, I didn't email (laughs) email my list for a year. This is the first time that I've emailed them and they still, they still open it. So I'm like, all right, cool. They're there. (laughs) But I must just like, honestly say that I'm not necessarily managing my emails now, but that shit works. It really does. People buy in emails. Like who'd have thunk it? I mean, I bought your stuff through an email. (laughs) Thanks, Steph. (laughs) But it was also because I followed you on YouTube as well. So it was like, like I said, it's like you have to create rich content outside of like social platforms for it to be effective. So um, the emails, I, I always assume that, you know, emails are too long. I get really bored reading emails. 
I get bored writing them. And so I actually made it, you know, I made an email newsletter that fits me. I call it the marketing minute because I don't want it to be too long. It's not necessarily because I care about your time. I care about mine. (laughs) I I don't want content creation to ever be painful, but in terms of content that counts, um, all, all of it counts, all of it's important, but content that really moves the needle is content that builds no like and trust. Um, and this is a term that I throw around assuming people have heard it before, <laughs> but if you don't know what no like and trust is, it's just, you know, you have to get people aware of your offer, aware of you, that you exist, you know, and then people have to like you because, you know, you're not the only person who offers the thing that you offer. So what sets you apart from, you know, homegirl over there is you are you and they are they, um, they are them, whatever. And then trust where the way you build trust is by creating that educational content to show that you're an authority, but also client testimonials and social proof. And you can't do all of that on Instagram. In my opinion, Instagram is really great for content that builds, you know, awareness about a brand and likability but that trust factor again lives on a different type of platform, a, a content rich platform. And so that's to me, content that counts. If, again, if I had to choose, you know, Instagram or my podcast, I would choose my podcast all day. Um, it's easy and it's a way that people, you know, they tune in and they're automatic fans. And they're like, yeah. yes, I want more from you. How can I buy stuff from you? Help me. Yeah. <laughs> can I just say the most impactful thing that I really, really appreciated that you said there is like making sure that when you are creating content, after you spoke about creating the minute emails, creating content that doesn't like hurt. And I feel like that's the big thing that holds so many people back from having success with content is because of the expectations. Content needs to look like this. Content needs to sound like that. Content needs to be this thing. The reality is beyond the upload via this link or this is how many words or, you know, what are they called? Characters you can use in a post beyond those kind of guidelines. There is no other rules. And I feel like you have to find a way to create content that feels good or else the reality is you just won't do it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So when my clients come to me, one of their biggest issues is not just that they're spread too thin, but they hate creating content. I'm like, no, I love creating. I, I, it's so easy to me. So let me make it easy for you. And, and the one way that like the, the number one way that I make it easy for people is like, well, what do you actually like doing? Is it video? Are you better at writing? Do you just like, like speaking, you know? So we kind of figure out there and then I'm like, okay, so then maybe you should do a strategy that revolves around creating one piece of rich content. That'd be a podcast episode, blog post, YouTube, and then, and then finding a, a way to repurpose it and, and repurposing content is key. And I know a lot of people out here think, oh, I have to create Instagram posts and videos and podcasts and they all have to be different. And I'm like, no, for me, I make a podcast episode. That's my newsletter. That's my blog post. That's my, those are my pins for Pinterest. Those yeah. are like at least two Instagram posts. Like I do not, you have to repeat yourself, you know, yeah. in order to gain visibility. And not everybody follows you in all the different platforms. So it's not like you're repeating yourself to the same people again and again. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, creating content is easy because I figured out what I really like. Like I said, I hate YouTube. Like I love watching YouTube and I might actually end up on YouTube because it's great for marketing. But for <laughs> now, I am podcasting all the way. I'm sitting here in my robe. <laughs> I've recorded episodes naked before, so it's fun. I get it's just it. <laughs> so easy, you know, and also the pressure is lifted. Like you said, there's so much pressure to show up a certain way. And I feel that on Instagram and I feel that on YouTube because they're highly visible platforms. It's like not normal for us to look at our, our images as much as we do. And I think you have to be a little self-obsessed to be the front, the, the face of your company, you know? Um, and I actually have an Instagram post coming up where I talk about how I use Facetune now because your girl's twenty eight, you know, <laughs> she's not. <laughs> Those I mean, I feel like you, I feel like you're not allowed to say that to people <laughs> older than you. I mean, I'm. I'm not that much. <laughs> you know that phrase, "black don't crack." <laughs> My black is cracking, y'all. Like it's a joke that like we don't age, 
but I am aging and aging is beautiful. It's fine. But I look at my face all the time. And so of course I'm going to be critical. And I'm like, if the one thing that stops me from showing up online and building my business is like, I have lines under my eyes, I'm going to blur that shit out and just keep it moving. Um, YouTube, I can't really do that yet. I'm sure there's an app somewhere, but the thing about YouTube is just, I'm also critical about my, like, did I, did I say this right? Did my face give me away? You know, it's just for me, it's There's a, a lot, lot of pressure. elements to think about. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I feel yeah. like definitely like YouTube absolutely can be that space. And I've definitely found myself. It's really funny because my partner says all the time, like you should vlog rather than create these sit down talking videos. Cause in the sit down talking videos, I do get like that, you know, hypercritical of like the little details, even though I've done talks at YouTube on not being hypercritical of the details, but I mean, but we all, nature. yeah, we yeah. all have to coach ourselves sometimes, but I just feel like, you know, it's a mat. It's so is a matter of perception. And that's the same, like you're saying, like you're hypercritical of the way you speak on YouTube versus a podcast, even though essentially it's kind of the same thing, but that's the same with me. How am I so critical of a sit down talking video versus a vlog, like a vlog? I'm like, Oh my God, here's my like open pantry, dirty stuff in the background. And I don't care. I mean, the only difference is a perception, right? So I feel like there's a lot of One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Self comparison there. So when I sit down and I'm like, okay, time to make a video, I'm thinking of all the pretty backgrounds that I've seen in other videos and how other people show up and it's hard, you know, and actually I pulled, I ran a poll on Facebook and I got like 200 answers from people who the, I asked a question. I asked what stops you from consistently creating content. And it was, I think exclusively women responded and they were basically saying that, you know, they don't feel confident. They don't feel good enough, you know, to be in these spaces because of how curated and how high pressure it is. And what if no one likes it? And what if, and, and another, another aspect of that was, what if I get judged by my friends and family? And I remember in SBA, you mentioned, you know, that was a thing that kept coming up and you were like, so what? <laughs> and yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah, so what? You know, yeah. Who cares if you get judged? In my head, I'm like, go find some new friends, go find some new family. Like, <laughs> If they judge you, they're not for you. Um, but not everyone is as extreme, <laughs> but yeah but the pressure is very real. So pick what you really feel most comfortable doing, go all the way into that and then figure out how to repurpose it or don't figure it out. I can teach you. Exactly. I love it so much. Can you talk to everyone about like, what's going on for you right now? What have you got going on in your business? What are your visions, your goals? Just go into it. I'm excited. Oh yeah. Okay. So right now I'm going really hard into my podcast. I, I was not following my own advice. I was like, let me try being on YouTube and let me try this and that. And I think you should try. I think yeah. you should try stuff because you don't know if you like it or not until you you know, put some effort into it. Um, but I'm going super hard into my podcast. I've been dropping episodes that are very juicy, very like marketing heavy. My friend was like, Delia, I don't think this should be free. And I was like, you know what? You, you're kind of right, but I'm giving it away anyway because I believe in accessibility. Um, and I have things that are, you know, just expand upon the stuff that I, that I talk about, you know, in the free containers. So I'm working on my podcast I'm building my email list where I deliver awesome tidbits every week. So if you don't have the, you know, 30 minutes to listen to me, then you go check out the marketing minute. It's a great newsletter that you can read in a minute or less. (laughs) Um, and I also am working on, I have two courses. Um, one course is called storytelling for sales. And it's a very, it's a, it's a, I'm so proud of it. I haven't even launched it yet. I'm already so proud of me and so proud of your face just lit up so much when you said that. (laughs) It's just so different, so straightforward. And I was overcomplicating it forever. I was like, I need to deliver this and this and this. And I was like, no, I have to take stuff away so people get it and get results and it it makes more sense. So I, I have a habit of trying to over deliver because I have that feeling of I'm not enough. I'm not good enough, you know, but I had to really check myself. Um, but it's coming together and I'm just so excited about it. You know, I just mentioned creating content that builds know and like and trust. And this is where I teach you how to do that. 
but I also teach you how to do it in the context of the buyer's journey, which is a marketing tool that is very, very simple, but super effective and can really up-level your content. And this is a really straightforward course. It's like, you can do it in a day. For me, I don't really love courses that take forever to get through because I, I lose interest quick, yep. you know? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Tell me and in then, as few words as possible. <laughs> Yeah. Like just get to, I'm, I'm very much matter of fact, get to the point. Um, and then after that course, if you are so inclined, I have the content cure, which is where I teach you how to repurpose content. So it's not so painful. It's easy. It's fun. And also if you want to outsource to a virtual assistant, this course is for them as well. And also I have a bonus, (laughs) I have a bonus section of that course where you learn how to master Instagram, because I did say, you know, it's not the place you want to be, you know, build your entire business on but it is a really great tool for business. Yeah, I love it. And it is fun. If they didn't block me, I'd be like much happier with them today. (laughs) (laughs) I loved this so much. I literally cannot believe how much the time has just flown. I was like, holy crap, I could sit down and talk about so much more. I feel like I didn't even get to all my points. We'll have to do a part two. Thank you (laughs) so, so, so much for coming on. Honestly, like I loved this so much. I love more than anything, like again, to use that word, but you truly are the essence of authenticity to me, like really, really showing up and just saying how it is, but in a way that is not, like you said, not necessarily, you know, I know, I don't want to say other people like being a Debbie Downer and stuff like that, but I feel like the way that you show up is just so, so real, but I still walk away from your content feeling inspired. And I feel like that is a really hard balance for a lot of people to get. So I want to thank you so much for that. And thank you for coming on. I'm so so glad to hear that. Yay. And thank you for having me. I really, really appreciate it. And y'all follow me on Instagram. It's at Julia Copeland. (laughs) I'm going to leave all of the links in the description below. Definitely, definitely go check out. There's so much value there. Thank you so much for coming on. And thanks everyone for listening. Wow. Okay. I just feel so inspired re-listening to that episode. I loved it so, so much. It just reminded me to, even myself, to be more real, to just show up because here's the thing. I think the word authenticity is so thrown around these days and I feel like a lot of people are trying to be authentic, but what is authentic? It means just as it is. You know, if something, if food is authentic, then it's as it is, you know, it isn't tampered with, it isn't influenced. And we've got to think of it like that for ourselves, you know, not showing up with the influence of how everybody else thinks we should act, but showing up just as we are through the hard times, through the good times. That is what people truly appreciate. I know as a consumer of content myself, that is what I appreciate. Absolutely. I love when people have been through, as Dalia said, and can share the lessons on the other side of the breakdown, you know, share the breakdown after the breakthrough. But I still think that when you show up and you just speak to your audience in a way that is exactly like you would speak to your best friend, that is when true, true connection develops. And that is when your audience will be with you for a lifetime. So I loved this, as I mentioned at the beginning, about a thousand times. Please, please, please go check Delia out on social media. She has great stories. She has an incredibly cute dog and she's launching some really, really cool stuff. So I loved this episode. If you loved it as much as I did, please share it on social media and tag both Delia and I. I want to thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you hanging out with us today and I will see you in the next episode. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.